Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun on a Monday. It is going to get a little bit uncomfortable in here. We have to talk about a lady who, well, she has a profession you wouldn't really want your daughter going into and showed up at a conservative conference over the weekend. And this is apparently something that's a major controversy, so we're going to address it. We're going to address Biden's comments about inflation and the infrastructure bill. He actually said, I'm not even kidding, he said we have to pass the massive infrastructure bill to get inflation to go down. Doesn't seem right at all. We're going to talk about who controls access to things like credentials here in America. But first... Let's do what we normally do. Oh, and I should mention Ann Coulter's coming up an hour and a half from now. Perhaps you've heard of her. You think she's going to have some bombs to drop? First, let's address what appears to be the big news of the day, which it's weird. It's weird that we're going to address a conference going on in Florida as the, quote, big news of the day, especially on the heels of the news that China threatened to nuke Japan But we're going to do that right off the bat because that seems to be what everybody wants to talk about today. As always, this is going to be a family-friendly show. You will never have to turn off my show when you have your kids in the car. Uh, Saying that, I do have to address the reality of the situation on the ground. Otherwise, I can't uh, talk about the story. So here's the deal. Turning Point USA, you may not know who Turning Point USA is. It is this massive, massive conservative organization. When I say massive, I'm not going to go into the details of it and the history of it and all that. None of that really matters. What you need to know is conservative organizations and liberal organizations, no matter who they are, are simply a product of how much money they can raise and how intelligent the leadership is. There are many out there, many, many, many out there you think are good, are actually totally crap, and there are some with great, great, great intentions, but they can't raise the money. Turning Point USA, a lot of people love them, a lot of people hate them, raise a fortune, an absolute fortune, and they they really focus on college campuses. They focus on teenagers and college kids and trying to take back college campuses from the communists. That's what they do. They are very, very good, in my opinion, at the whole marketing aspect of it. Why? What does that mean? Well, they have conferences all over the country, big, fun-looking events. Now, fun for you, not fun for me. There's music and people, and I just don't do either of those things. But they're big multi-day conferences. You know how it works. Show up at the Hilton somewhere. Get to hear a couple good speeches from your favorite pundits and politicians. Have a couple bourbons that night with your buddy. Do some networking, that kind of thing. TPUSA is great at marketing because, well, they find all the dimes in the conservative movement and make them, quote, ambassadors of the organization. So they're always blasting stuff out there. They've made... They've made conservatism have some sex appeal, for lack of a better way to put it, for the right. It does. It does. They're rebranding it as youthful and good-looking and fun. And you know what? It works. It's not an accident. People have been using beautiful women to sell 
certain things, well, anything, forever. You know who wants to be around beautiful women, look at beautiful women, talk to beautiful women? Everyone, men and women. This is brighten up the place, do they not? There's something about a woman, especially a beautiful one, who lights up the room. They had a big conference in Florida this weekend. Yeah, a bunch of people wanted me to go. I don't I do not do any conferences. I don't have to do. This weekend, yeah, actually, no. I'm going to go pick up a brand new firearm and clean it. That's what I did this weekend, and that sounded like more fun than going to talk to a bunch of people. But they had a big conference this weekend, and I get word. It starts to get passed around social media as I log in later on that day. I think this was Saturday that a adult film star is that is that fair adult film star chris is that is that I, I was trying to pg it man i don't know what you want me to say i was trying to pg it an adult film star showed up at the conference bought a ticket and showed up and came in turning point usa got word that she was there Got word that she was not only there, obviously taking pictures with a bunch of people, posted them online. And remember, a bunch of these are going to be teenage boys, 20-year-old boys. Just posted them online. Turning Point USA asked her to leave. I don't expect you to care about any of this as far as Turning Point or her or any of this. I don't, I don't expect you to care about all, any of this. But it did spark an interesting debate. I think it would be healthy for all of us to have about who is and who isn't welcome in the right. Who isn't welcome? Who is welcome? Of course, everybody's taken it a million different places and they're all fighting with each other about about gross stuff on the internet and all this other stuff. It's not about that. Who is and who isn't welcome in the movement? First of all, let me give you my thoughts on that particular situation right off the bat. One, if she showed up and was using it as some promotional event for her <clears throat> job, then they did the right thing asking her to leave. Turning point USA, it's 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 according to them, they're you know a Christian college organization, that kind of thing. So if you show up at an event run by Christians and you do that for a living, and you say you're there, you know, if you're there promoting that. They have every right to ask you to leave. That's that's totally fine. I will also say this. If she had just showed up and not done the the picture thing all over online, oh, look, here I'm at the event, you know, advertising it, using it to promote herself, I say it would have been flat out wrong to ask her to leave. Somebody like that shows up at your event. Don't you want her to hear the truth? You're supposed to be welcoming in those situations, not promoting, welcoming. Give her a big old hug. Welcome her inside. Here's a place at the table. Can I bring you a plate of rubber chicken? That should have been what happened if she didn't show up and promote herself, but apparently she did. But back to what I was talking about. What is what is our future on the right? We, we know what our past is. Let's set that aside. Let's deal with our future on the right. Let's deal with what it looks like. What are we facing right now? Because, look, if we're doing things where we have to figure out who makes the team and who gets cut, don't we have to do an honest assessment of the team in the league first? I think we do. So let's have this talk. Where are we? On the right, right now. 
I know you have strong beliefs. Look, if you didn't have strong beliefs, you wouldn't be listening to my voice right now. There are plenty of places you can go to hear nonsense or just basic garbage. You know, standard, oh, cut taxes now, that that kind of thing. Standard red meat garbage all day long, telling you all the things you already know, but not having you think at all. Plenty of places you can go get that. If you're listening to me, you have strong beliefs. That's just a fact. How's it going right now in your country and my country? Are you winning anything? Are, are we winning anything? I actually had this thought right before the show. I was doing some deep, deep, deep thinking as I was eating my chips and queso. And right before I sat down, I thought to myself, are we winning a single thing? Is there a single thing we're winning on? And, and we need to discuss this. We need to discuss exactly how serious this situation is. So let's dig into it. We're going to dig in tonight. It's going to be a great show. The Jesse Kelly show is tonight. We have phones now. You can call into the show. I don't know if I'm giving out the number yet. Now, are we winning anything? Let's talk about it. The Jesse Kelly show on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, you heard me right, and we're going to discuss what, where we are as a movement and who we should and shouldn't welcome in in just a moment, and yes, Ann Coulter's coming in up an hour and 10 minutes from now, but I brought up the phones. Let's just, let's, I'm going to give it to you right, be, right between the eyes, full disclosure here, since the show went... It's supernova, and it's all national now. And I mean, it was national before, but now it's really national, and it can be heard pretty much everywhere. People have been emailing in. I want a phone call. Can we call in? Why can't we call in? Well, the answer to that question has been we didn't have working phones. <laughs> it's a long story. We're, we're in a different kind of a studio now. They're building us a brand new studio. It's going to be real nice and all that. But we didn't have working phones before. As of today, as of this exact moment, the phones are working. You can call into the Jesse Kelly show. But you're not going to. You're not going to. And you know why you're not going to? Let me fully explain. One, my mentor, Michael Berry, he's a nationally syndicated guy based out of Houston. He's the reason I'm talking to you now. He never allowed me to take a phone call. My Because remember, I've only been doing this three years. I didn't know what I was doing when I sat down. They gave me a 7 o'clock at night to 8 o'clock at night radio show, and they, they said, just go. I didn't even know when the breaks were. I was looking. Chris was there the first night. He's like, we have to go to break. I said, what does that mean? He said, you have to stop talking at this time so we can play some commercials. Like, I, I didn't know anything. I just sat down and started talking. So my buddy, Michael Berry, had to try to walk me through this, and he told me that I was not allowed. He was not allowing me to take phone calls for the first year. He said, why? I said, why? He said, listen, phone calls are something people use as a crutch when they don't have anything else to say. They use guests as a crutch. They use phone calls as a crutch. He said, do you really want to get, make it a try at this? Sit down and entertain people for an hour by yourself without anyone else helping you out. Once you can do that, then you can start mixing in some calls. Well, I did it. 
mixed in some calls back in the day, and I enjoyed them. But here's my problem. While I want to hear from you, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You know I read every email, as I say. I won't respond. I get way too many, but I read them all. My take on phone calls is this. When the listener has to hear the host take a phone call, what the listener is getting in general is they're getting to overhear a phone conversation. And this is why it always sucks. Because you have to, in the interest of politeness or manners, or maybe this is a Western thing, I don't know, you have to get through all the stuff you don't care about before you get to the point, and it's boring. You know what will happen if I take phone calls right now? If I give out this phone number and this phone works and I take phone calls, you know what it'll be? Hey, Jesse, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Bob. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I love the show. Oh, hey, thanks, Bob. Are you going to make a point, Bob? That's what happens. I think I'm going to hold off for now until I am 100% sure my callers will be every bit as rude and abrasive and as direct as I am. I want to pick up the phone. I want to be able to say, line one, Timmy, go. And Timmy's going to get on and say, I hate communist scum. When can we get a national divorce? I'll take your answer off the air. Click. That's a phone call. I don't want hi. I don't want how are you. I don't want I love you. I don't want I hate you. I don't want anything. Get right to the point and get out. This is why text messaging is the greatest invention in the history of mankind. In the history of mankind. It actually has allowed me to control several of my friends, several people I know who can't control their mouths. Let me just clarify something. If you have my phone number and I talk to you on the phone and I can't get off the phone with you in a prompt, prompt manner, And I'm a dude. When I say prompt, I mean two minutes or under. If for any reason I can't get off the phone with you in under two minutes, I'm not answering the phone next time you call. And you can even text me and ask me to call you, and I still won't answer the phone next time we call. All that said, I'm going to eventually take phone calls as soon as I feel like you're ready to be rude like me. Back to my story. We opened up the beginning with... Of course, there's this not really a huge deal controversy, but there was this little dust up over the weekend. Turning Point USA, big conservative conference, kicked out an adult film star who showed up. She's mad about it. They say they're justified. Yeah, I already gave my thoughts on it last segment. If you missed that, podcast is on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Where are we right now? Because the question is, who do we accept? What do we accept as part of our movement? What do we accept? What do we reject? Well, let's agree on a couple things real quick. We have to reject something, right? I mean, if we don't reject anything, then we have no standards at all. So let's be clear on that, one. But two, we must properly assess where we are. And if you are on the right, here is where you are. And this is the reality of it. I'm not trying to bring you down, but unless we realize our situation, then we can't do anything to change it. If we still think this is a friendly game of cribbage between Republicans and Democrats, we are toast. We have no chance. We are in a cultural, ideological, 
religious. We are in a battle that will determine, and I don't want to say the future of the nation because people use that stuff all the time. Here's the truth. We are in a battle right now that will determine whether generations of Americans will grow up in a totalitarian country, in poverty, in absolute misery, and quite possibly death on a mass scale. That is the truth. I don't feel the need to sugarcoat this for somebody because I have eyes, and even though I went to community college, I can read. I know what happens in communist countries. I know what happens in socialist countries. You've seen all the pictures out there online. There's a great one in Venezuela. You know what, Chris? Find this picture and post it on the Twitter on the show's Twitter show uh, Twitter handle so everyone can watch it at Jesse Kelly Show. There's a great one, a before and after photo of Venezuela. Venezuela just has stupid amounts of money. Their oil is they they sit on the largest oil reserves in the world in Venezuela. I bet you didn't know that. And on the left, they have a before socialism picture, and it's some guy running some wee little shop, just one of those little strip mall shops, and he's sitting behind the counter, and the strip mall shop is full. It's got all kinds of goods and stuff like that, and he's fat. He's sitting back there. I mean, I'm not being mean, not mean fat. He's, he's fat. And then that's the before socialism picture. The after socialism picture is the same dude in the same shop, The shelves behind him are empty, and he looks emaciated. That is what we are facing. We are facing that here. No, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But I don't want that for my grandkids either, do you? That is the seriousness of the battle we are in, and those will be the results if we lose it. I know that to be the case because the whole history of the world has told me that is going to be the case. I'm not going to pretend like we'll have some soft, fluffy version of communism here. Oh, no. It'll be just as bad as always. So what's our our status? I mean, if we're having this battle, right? If we're having this war, left versus right, freedom versus totalitarian, then how are we doing so far? I'll tell you how we're doing. The answer is very simple. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. (laughs) Kind of saying the quiet part out loud there, Dick. (laughs) That was Dick Durbin. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Let's have have a one-on-one, though, first about where we are as a nation. Don't forget Ann Coulter coming up one hour from now. That's going to be a blast. She always says something great. Where are we? Well, we were a nation that was booming, no question about it. And now we are $28 trillion in debt. We were a nation of strong Judeo-Christian values. No, that didn't mean everyone had to be a Jew or a Christian or a Muslim or anything else, but the values of the nation were of that. There were were millions and millions and millions of Americans who didn't believe in God at all and yet still practiced those values because those were the cultural carrots and sticks. Don't steal, don't lie, don't do that. That's who we were. How's that working out? How's that working out? You see the TV commercials now? You see what's pushed out there now? 
You see, we got football coaches getting fired for praying with their team. Yeah, that's not going well either. We used to have the church, at least. Now you have half the pastors in this country using words like white privilege from the pulpit. I know, I left my church last year over it. We used to have entertainment. And remember, don't discount entertainment. Don't don't make that mistake we've made on the right, and I've made it a million times too, of nobody cares what George Clooney thinks. Really? Go look at how many followers he has on social media. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I Look, you and I can wish they didn't, didn't but they do. That idiot 18-year-old pop star, people care what she thinks. They do care what she thinks. And we used to have movies like, I mean, shoot, I grew up with my old man making me watch uh, John Wayne movies. Uh, Your basic TV. It was all, it was all about good guys and bad guys, right versus wrong, good versus evil. It was all about that. It was all kinds of pro-America in there. Nowadays, you're not allowed to say anything anti-China in the movies or the Chinese Communist Party will pick up the phone, call the Hollywood producer, and tell him to delete the scene and the Hollywood producer will comply. That's a fact. That's a fact. So we don't have entertainment. Let's see, we don't have the churches. We don't... Okay, that's not good. Um, well... Education and that, yeah, that says how's that going? Education system. Uh, ever since I talked about the education system and and you and I being more aware of where we're sending our kids and if we're sending our kids to college, you can't imagine how many heartbreaking emails I've gotten, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com from parents who are clearly sick. They sent their kids off to college, and the college turned the kids into monsters. Time and time and time and time again. Okay, so we don't have those. Well, at least we have the uh, uh, the military. Yeah, how's that working? The head of the Joint Chiefs just sat in front of Congress and said he's very worried about white rage. I have an email sitting here. I'm not going to read it for you because I'm worried about giving away identities. Uh, let's just say somebody very connected to West Point. West Point, you know, the one that creates future army leaders, the people who will lead the United States Army, you don't want to know what they're learning at West Point. You can now minor in diversity and inclusiveness at West Point, the supposedly the finest military university on the planet. It's infected every single part of our society. So now let's get back to the question we were asking in the very, very beginning. Who... Should we welcome into our movement? Who shouldn't we welcome into our movement? I don't know. I don't know because I think it has to be handled at all times on a case-by-case basis. If you are a conservative Christian organization focusing on kids, college and teen, college kids and teenage kids, and you're throwing a conference and a porn star shows up to your event using her porn name and posting pictures with your people online, yeah, uh, you're, you're fine asking her to go. Are you fine asking her to leave every event, though? If there's a gigantic uh, pro-life rally 
and she shows up, you kicking her out? How high are your standards going to be for defeating the communists? The reason I went over where we are now is you and I have to be very, very, very clear on this fact. We are losing. We are losing badly. And, and this was even the case during Trump's presidency, not only are we losing this place, we are racing in the wrong direction. It's not as if we're losing it slowly. We're losing it quickly. How choosy can I be when I have soldiers coming up to me wanting to participate in the battle on my side and I'm losing the battle? I don't think you and I have to accept or should accept anyone and everything. Otherwise, the movement doesn't stand for anything. At the same time, Mission number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten for the mission needs to be stop the communists from destroying this country. We'll work out everything else once that happens. I'm not in the business of turning away troops at this time. And I'll be honest with you, I wish I was. I wish I was in such a position of strength on the right that I could point to somebody and be like, nah, we don't want him too fat. No, we don't want him. We're not taking any Italians. I'll quit. We can make jokes. But I wish I was in the position of rejecting. We're not in that position. Now, you don't have to sit and support that profession at all. Don't you dare feel obligated for that. So you can feel nice and tolerant. But I don't know that you can reject anything from the movement at this point in time. Who are you replacing them with? We don't have the troops. We don't have a single part of our culture. Not one. We lost it all. Every single cultural pillar is now controlled by the left. We don't have anything. And from a personal standpoint, I'll simply say this when it comes to to uh, that profession and other professions. Obviously, no, I'm not going to sit here and be like, woohoo, that's great. I'm also a really bad person. My laundry list of wrongs and sins is a lot longer than yours and, frankly, a lot longer than hers, so I just don't ever really feel comfortable pointing at somebody and saying, Sinner, uh, I'm not a good person. I am really not a good person. So that's, that's part of where I come from with that, too. So, yes, we have to have standards. No, I don't want your teenage daughter or son or my teenage daughter or son hanging out with somebody like that and posting pictures of themselves online. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm not an idiot. I'm a parent just like you. I get it. At the same time, remember the stakes of the game. Remember the stakes of the game. You and I... We're, we're into politics, sadly. And I say sadly because the people who don't care about politics are a heck of a lot happier. <laughs> but you and I are into politics. Why are we into politics? Why are you into it? Why am I into it? I mean, believe me when I tell you it would be a, a happier existence if you were into the Yankees. Well, maybe you're into the Yankees too, but if you're into handball, it's a lot less stressed than politics. Why are you into it? Why am I into it? Because it matters. It matters so much. What you care about is important. What you care about is more important than the other stuff. It is. We can't forget what's at stake. 
Let's talk about what's at stake in just a second. First and foremost, though, I do have to pay my respects to people who swim against the tide. I love when companies have the guts to swim against the leftist tide out there. I'm so sick of watching all these corporations line up and dump all over this country. So when my pillow gets banned from all the big box stores because of their pro-America beliefs, I love it. I love people with guts. I love people who think this country is worth fighting for. If you believe in that, get your stuff at my pillow. I sleep on a my pillow pillow, on a my pillow mattress pad, in my my pillow sheets. My wife's in her my pillow pajamas and wearing her my pillow slippers. I mean it. And right now they have a steal of a deal for you. A six-piece towel set that's normally $109.99 is now $39.99 at mypillow.com. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, $39.99. But make sure you put in the promo code Jesse. That's going to save you a bunch of money. And go support a, con- a company that loves this country like you do. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You know what that song reminds me of, Chris? Before I get back to the stakes of communism, you know what that song reminds me of? My dad hates fun. And people laugh or they roll their eyes. They look at me weird, just like you are right now. But my dad legitimately does not enjoy fun. And I mean, no, none of it. It, gives, it. it brings him pain. I think it brings him physical pain. What do I mean by that? Well, we, we, he, we moved to Montana when I was 10. And we would go hunting. My dad loved to hunt. So we'd go hunt antelope or pheasants or deer or whatever. And because Montana's huge, people don't know how big Montana is. It'll take four or five hours to get somewhere if you're going far away. My old man and me would ride in his pickup truck heading out for deer with no music on. And I mean no music at all in the car. And I would want to turn on the music, right? Because it's not as if he's the talkative type. So I'd want to turn on some music, something to do. No, he didn't want music on in the car. (laughs) He didn't allow music in the car. And so I had to just sit there quietly for four or five hours just staring out the window. See, you want to know why I messed up? You want to know why I messed up? This is exactly why I messed up. And I mean, hate's fun. Hate's it in all forms. But the reason I bring that up is Led Zeppelin reminded me there were two songs he had two. He had a truck with a cassette player in it. Remember, it used to be cassettes. Oh my gosh, it used to be cassettes. Anyway, he had a truck with a cassette player in it, and he had two singles in his car. One was "Ramble On" by Led Zeppelin, and the other one was "Freebird" by Leonard Skinner. I remember my mom used to say, "Should I be worried? The only two tapes you have in your car are "Ramble On" and "Freebird." <laughs> All right, back to back to our talk. Don't forget, it's Medal of Honor Monday as well. I think we're going to do Medal of Honor Monday in 10 minutes. If you were under the impression I, quote, plan this show out, boy, are you sorely mistaken. Really just kind of do it as it comes along, as you can probably tell. But as far as who we welcome into the right and who we don't welcome in, yes, we have to stand for something. Yes, in order to save the nation itself, We must get back to family values. I don't care about your opinion on that if you disagree with me because you're wrong. And whatever your version of family values is, that's fine. I'm not telling everybody, uh, uh, you have to convert to my religion. You had better have a nation that believes 
men should marry women and make babies with them and stealing is wrong and lying is wrong and murder is wrong or you're not going to have a successful nation. Even the Romans knew that. Even the Romans, the emperors, when the country was getting too rich and too decadent, would look around and say, okay, the moral degeneracy, it's, it's rotting out the whole country. We got to do something about it. So I understand that's where we need to go. And I understand that is the general direction the right certainly needs to take. We don't have to surrender cultural ground to them. In fact, I would argue the cultural wars, those are the ones that really matter. They matter a lot more than taxes and spending, I guarantee you that. The cultural wars, the ones we've lost. So let's just, let's just settle on this. One, we'll extend some grace out there. Because we've been extended plenty of it, huh? I don't know. Well, you might not have. I have. The fact that I'm alive means I've been extended a whole lot of grace. So extend some grace. No, we don't have to tolerate cultural rot. But we also need to be really, really careful on who we're not allowing into the army when we are on our heels and about to break and run. There. Let's settle on that. Now, I do have a feel-good story today. I'm just kidding. It's not a feel-good story at all. Three Texas Democrats who fled Washington, D.C. test positive for coronavirus. No, I was about to be mean. Obviously, they all have mild symptoms. I checked. Otherwise, I wasn't wishing ill on anybody. They have mild symptoms. But here's my problem. And I need somebody... To tell me otherwise, otherwise, I feel like I'm being lied to about the vaccine. We now have countries, Israel, others who are saying, wow, 50%, 60% of new hospitalizations for coronavirus are people who were vaccinated. All three of these Texas lawmakers, I looked into it, vaccinated. Now, I told you, I don't care if you get the vaccine. I don't judge anyone else. Get it, don't get it. There's no judgment here. I have been very honest with you. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it because one, in my opinion, it hasn't been around long enough for people to study it long enough to see what the effects are. Couple that with two, I'm a 39-year-old, about to be 40 tomorrow. Not that I'll bring that up on the show. I'm a 39-year-old male not obese, no pre-existing conditions. I'm not at any significant risk of having serious complications from coronavirus. And I don't know when we decided that we had to get vaccinated for things we're not at risk for, but I wasn't part of that decision. So that's why I'm not doing it. But I don't judge you. I don't judge you at all. You want to go get it, get it. Many of you have. It's fine. But I do need somebody, I, I need somebody to explain to me why so many people who got vaccinated keep getting coronavirus. Now, I was under the impression, and again, maybe I'm just a nutcase, I was under the impression the vaccine meant you didn't get the disease. What's happening? Can someone please explain to me what's happening? Did we get some kind of a rush job here? Are these things flukes? Uh, And don't you dare tell me I'm some kind of nutball for asking basic questions 
everybody should be asking. You're allowed to question anything and everything. You're allowed to question the election. You know that? I know all of society is determined you're not allowed. You're absolutely allowed to question that election with all that crap that went on. You're allowed to question the effectiveness of the vaccine. If people tell you you're not allowed to question something, about 99.99% of the time, that means they don't have answers for you. Why are vaccinated people continuing to get coronavirus? That's my question. All right. We got Medal of Honor Monday coming up next. And then Ann Coulter, 35 minutes from now. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show on a Monday. And before you ask, no, I haven't forgotten that it's Medal of Honor Monday. Actually, I'm going to get to that in a second. And we got Ann Coulter coming up about 30 minutes from now. Gosh, this show's fun. Because I'm fun, Chris. Uh, what? I'm a very fun person. I am. But first, Joe Biden. You and I have had this talk a million times before. We've, we're going to have it a million times more because people must understand this. A nation, a tribe, whatever is made up of what? By now you already know it. Cultural institutions. The cultural institutions are the pillars on which a nation rests. Your media does matter. Your government, of course. Your military. Education system. Entertainment system. Sports. The, these are your cultural pillars. When... When they get broken, rotted, completely shattered, I'm not sure exactly what we want to say about ours. When they get broken, when you're, when nations get broken, what happens is all the cultural institutions, they will all be run by the same ideology, the same mind, and it gets you a system where they lie. And why do they lie? Because they can lie. And nobody can check them on it. The president of the United States of America, remember this, remember this, Joe Biden, he launched his presidential campaign, launched it with a commercial talking about, or a speech, it was a speech or a commercial, I don't remember, talking about how Donald Trump called Nazis and white supremacists very fine people at Charlottesville. Now, that is a story the media ran with, except The speech is all on videotape saying Donald Trump called Nazis and white supremacists very, very fine people is an outright lie. I don't care if you hate Donald Trump more than anyone who walked the planet. It's an outright lie. I I can watch it with video. And yet we have polls showing more than half the country, more than half the country believes Donald Trump said it. Because when you're able to lie, when this pillar is able to lie and none of the other pillars will check the lie then you simply can't put down false information. Here was Joe Biden today. We also know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Not a single person, nobody, nobody can point me to an article 
saying, well, we'll definitely have this inflation and we'll definitely have this inflation and and uh, oil prices are definitely going to go up and uh, all that's predicted. There's nothing we can do about it. Nobody can point me to those articles because they don't exist. I know I look today. They don't exist. But when you're president of the United States of America and you know not a single other significant cultural institution will challenge you on your lies, well, you can get away with absolutely anything. All right, that's enough icky. We'll get back to that in a second. I'll get back to that in a second. Let's do Medal of Honor Monday. As you know, I'm a bad person, but we do one good thing on the show all week. We honor a Medal of Honor winner every single Monday. We simply read his citation because these are the men our country was built on. These are the people we should look up to as a culture. We must read these Otherwise, we don't remember. It's not enough to know this exists. We must read about it. And this is John D. Kelly. No relation, by the way. World War II U.S. Army. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, on the 25th of June, 1944, in the vicinity of Fort Duroux, Cherbourg, France, where Corporal Kelly's unit was pinned down by heavy machine gun fire emanating from a deeply entrenched strong point on the slope leading up to the fort, Corporal Kelly volunteered to attempt to neutralize the strong point, armed himself with a pole charge about 10 feet long, and with 15 pounds of explosive affixed, he climbed the slope under a withering blast of machine gun fire and placed the charge at the strong point's base. The subsequent blast was ineffective, and again, alone and unhesitatingly, he braved the slope to repeat the operation. This second blast blew off the ends of the enemy guns. Corporal Kelly then climbed the slope a third time to place a pull charge at the strong point's rear entrance. When this had been blown open, he hurled grenades inside the position, forcing the survivors of the enemy gun crews to come out and surrender. The gallantry tenacity of purpose and utter disregard for personal safety displayed by Corporal Kelly were an incentive to his comrades and worthy of emulation by all. Hang on, son. That's just, that's a full-grown man right there. You know what else, Joe Biden? You know what else Joe Biden said? Today he said inflation would get better if we passed the massive multi-trillion dollar stimulus plan. We have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it away from the fog of the controversy. <laughs> Chris, quit. You know what? Nancy Pelosi is always such gold. But that's what he said. Joe Biden said, look, hey, well, what, we have to pass... The infrastructure, that's multi-trillions of dollars. Nobody has any clue how they're going to pay for it. If we pass infrastructure, if we do a lot more spending, inflation will go down. Well, that, that is seriously, that's like saying gravity pulls things upward. It's, it's that insane. Why would you say that? How could you, how could you possibly get away with that lie? And then because people raged right off the bat on the right, I was one of them. We, we flipped out and said, that's a blatant lie. We now have articles coming out saying Joe Biden's team, they sat down, and this is a strategy they're now going to use. People are worried about inflation. You're worried about inflation. I know you are. I am too. We just spent $150 on school supplies today. Trust me, I'm worried about inflation. 
People were worried about it. The Biden administration knows people are worried about it. They're happy about it. They have no desire to make this country prosperous, but they want to make sure you're happy in your misery, happy enough to keep electing Democrats. So what are you going to do? Well, they're certainly not going to cut spending. They're not going to cut back on anything. It's full speed ahead. But you don't have to cut spending. Remember, they had this meeting, the Biden team. You don't have to cut spending. You just have to tell people our spending will help the inflation go down. To which you, I mean, you listen to talk radio. You're sitting there saying, well, that's insane. No one would believe that. No, let me correct you. You wouldn't believe that. I wouldn't believe that. Do you know how many people in this country still believe lockdowns are a solution to coronavirus? Do you know how many people in this country still believe Donald Trump colluded with Russia? Do you know how many people in this country still believe cops are out there hunting down black men for sport? Do you know how many people in this country believe all the lies they're told? Joe Biden's team, this is how broken our system is now. Joe Biden's team sat down and had a meeting, and their meeting was quite literally, well, why don't we just lie? That was the Joe Biden team meeting. Well, yeah, inflation's bad and the spending's going to make it worse. Why don't we just lie and tell them the spending will make it better? Now, why can you even have a team meeting like that? You can have a team meeting like that when you know none of the other major cultural institutions will push back. All those political actors out there now, you know, every actor has to be some communist now. Guess how many political actors, guess how many actors in America, actors and actresses, guess how many of them will put up an Instagram video tonight complaining that Joe Biden's lying about inflation? Guess how many? Let's start at zero and work our way down from there. How many professors will push back? Zero. Because now we have a system. It's broken. It's rotted. And that's a big, big problem. Speaking of inflation. They're telling you it's bad. They're telling you it's going to get worse. They're trying to convince you that you're supposed to love inflation, but you're not stupid. Go buy gold and silver from Oxford Gold Group, please. I'm not telling you to do anything radical. But what I don't want is this. I don't want an email a month from now saying, Jesse, I should have listened to you. Inflation went up again. Now I can't retire. Jesse, I should have listened. I lost this much. I know. I'm trying to help. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to tell you to do something I haven't done. Call Oxford Gold Group and get real gold and silver in your hand. Again, not a piece of paper. Real gold and silver, nothing radical. Oxford Gold Group will take care of you. 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call. They have promised me they will take extra special care of my listeners. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford Gold Group today. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, turn that garbage off. Turn that garbage off. We got an email actually backing this up, and I, I, I love this. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I don't know which of you to blame, so I will put blame on both of you. 
The Red Hot Chili Peppers, this guy says, are one of the most terrible bands of my lifetime. Eh, wrong. Red Hot Chili Peppers are not bad. He goes on. He blames you, Chris. Chris, I blame you for pressing play. And Jesse, I blame you for allowing it to happen. Don't put Chris's music choices on me. I'll not not be saddled with Chris's garbage music. That's one. Two, he said the band that is close second is 311. That's the band you just played. Both of these groups are for college stoner hippies with bad taste in music who lecture you on on micro brews. (laughs) I have the best people in the world. (laughs) We got Ann Coulter coming up about 10 minutes from now. If you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. And leave a review talking about how handsome I am. We have new reviews in. And let me just say, they're on point. This one. Oh my, what a handsome devil. See, that's how you start one off. That was a what, Chris? That was a subject line. Bold, brash marine. What else could you ask for? His brand of humor is spot on and works well with the current topics of the day. Thanks again and keep up the fight, you handsome devil. See, they get it. Best podcast on the market. Not only is Jesse easy on the old peepers, that's the eyes, Chris. This show is a must listen. Jesse is the most entertaining and, in my opinion, the most important conservative voice in America. If you feel surrounded by the current cultural rot, just press press play and realize there are others like you out there. I am the most important person in America. What, Chris? I can't help it that I'm important. Every time, look, every time I read compliments like this, I, I have a moment and I sit back to myself and think, man, they're right. <laughs> look, somebody sent an email in the other day thanking me for uh, making, I believe it was her second shift or something like that. Thanks for making her second shift bearable. I'm glad we see eye to eye on some things. Obviously, I know we probably don't see eye to eye on some things. I'm not here to lead you. I'm just trying to make your day better. That's all. I'm trying to make your day better 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time. Do I really need to come sit and scream behind the microphone for three hours at a time, raising your blood pressure through the roof? So even if you spend three hours agreeing with me, by the time I'm done, you feel exhausted and icky and like you just want to throw yourself into a wood chipper. Is that enjoyable? That sucks. I've gone through that. And look, I've done that. I've listened to that kind of right-wing talk radio before. It's it's a lot of it. And it's not that it's not smart. And it's not that they're not right. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Remember what I told you Biden said about inflation? Here's a bit of a long clip. It's like uh, 51 seconds long, so it's a little longer than I normally play. But I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Remember, you get inflation when you blow through unbacked currency the way we have. This infrastructure plan, these two infrastructure bills they're putting together. Well, one it's a long story. They're two bills over $4 trillion, not paid for, guaranteed to increase inflation, guaranteed. This is what the president said. Different views some might have on current price increases. We should be united in one thing. Passage of the bipartisan infrastructure framework, which we shook hands on. We shook hands on. And my Build Back Better plan 
will be a force for achieving lower prices for Americans looking ahead. It's another reason why the investments are so important. If we make prudent multi-year investments in better roads, bridges, transit systems, and high-speed internet, in a modern, resilient electric grid, here's what will happen. It breaks up the bottlenecks in our economy. Goods get to consumers more rapidly and less expensively. Small businesses create and, and, and innovate much more seamlessly. Haven't you heard? All we have to do, don't worry about inflation. Let them take $4 trillion of your money, blow it on every single corrupt thing. You know all these stimulus bills, they're all the biggest bunch of corrupt garbage in the world. You always find out it goes to this specific congressman's district or that district. It's not as if there's some benevolent angel sitting up there who gets a $4 trillion check with our money and says to himself, wow, I just really need to figure out how to do what's best for the American people. <laughs> it's, all, it's all one big scam, bunch of corrupt losers. So, But listen, all you have to do, uh, yeah, inflation's going up. Yeah, we have energy costs through the roof, gas prices through the roof. You're seeing the cost of basic goods and services through the roof, and you're not making ends meet. Just let them blow $4 trillion of your money, and what will happen is all those new roads, they'll help inflation go down. There's not a single person on the planet who believes that. And you have to understand, Joe Biden doesn't believe that either. Joe Biden's team doesn't believe that either. They don't sit down and think about what's best for you, ever. They don't. I, I, it's time for us to just accept reality. They don't think about what's best for you. They sit down and figure out how to lie. They sit down and figure out how they can manipulate you. There's not a person on earth who can specifically, using math and data, articulate how dropping $4 trillion on these supposed crumbling roads and bridges, although nobody can point them out to me, nobody can tell me how spending $4 trillion will do anything but increase inflation. But if we may, and this is going to get uncomfortable, if we may, why don't we learn a couple lessons from the communist? Here's what the right would do. If the right was proposing $4 trillion, and we were going through inflation, and the right was called out on it, what the right would do is deny it. No, it's not going to cause inflation. No, it won't cause inflation. All right, maybe a little inflation, but it won't cause inflation. That's what the right would do. What the communists do, they double down always in the opposite direction. Cause inflation? Are you crazy? It's going to decrease inflation. That's, that's what it's going to do. You remember the election? Election looks terrible. 75% of Republicans, 40% of independents think something dirty happened with the election. It looks really bad. Do you see Democrats going out there saying, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was safe. I mean, I'm not 100% positive, and I don't think anything weird went on. No, of course they don't. What are the communists saying? This was the most secure election in the history of mankind. There's never been an election this secure. You see what I mean? 
They have a different mentality than you and I, and you and I have to do better about that. They have an offensive mentality. They're never on their heels. They're just running forward in different directions sometimes. Us, we deny. Well, maybe a little. No, I don't think so. Them, they double down. Inflation? Ha! We'll spend $4 trillion and decrease inflation. I mean, yeah, you have to be a soulless monster to tell lies like that all the time. But they're winning and we're losing. Let's talk to Ann Coulter about the direction of the right next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Good grief. Did Ann pick this song, Chris? That's terrible. Joining me now, my friend, author, somebody who doesn't really need any introduction, Ann Coulter. Ann, your music selection sucks. Um, no, it's a great song. <laughs> oh, no, it is not. Now, it's a true song, but it's not a great song. Why are we going to die young, Ann? Um, look, I had 10 seconds to pick a song. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't give it a lot of thought. That's fair. <laughs> and critical race theory, is it is it a complicated, a complicated theory that you and I haven't dug into yet? Do we just not get the nuances? It takes years of study, Jesse. We can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we need these geniuses in the media to explain that everything is racist. Oh, my gosh, I inadvertently summarized it right there. <laughs> is, do these people who push this garbage, and they don't actually believe it, right? This is just the key to being part of some club they want to get in. None of these people actually believe this crap, right? Um. It's an easy excuse for a lot of things um, to blame everything on someone else being mean to you. I mean, I see it with my own gender and feminism. Um, uh, look, there's a lot of unfairness in the world, um, but to to blame every promotion you didn't get or slight you receive at work on, oh, it's because I'm a woman. Eh, I don't think so. I've, I've worked at law firms and and um, Senate offices, and yeah, there are a lot of people who are jerks, but nothing bad happened to me because I was a woman. Um, And I think the same, certainly the same thing can be said for race. If anything, white people are bending over backwards, are dying to have black friends, black employees, and so on and so forth. That's that's one part. It's easy for, um, although this is mostly coming from white public school teachers, not from black people themselves. I think it's worth noting that. But the other thing is, I mean, this whole critical crit anything, um, which I guess um, began with, I I don't know where it began, but critical legal theory. um, And there were the um, um, complet, the the, uh, Derrida school of of legal, of, of, of textual criticism. It always, um, I was at Cornell when that was really big. Um, and it's just kind of a, a way to get out of understanding the subject material. You don't have to understand a text if all you're going to do is say, oh, when the author says the cat is on the hat, he means that it's not a dog on the hat. It's just, you know, ripping down language, ripping down 
um, the possibility of anything having meaning. Well, this is it's Shakespeare's, it's a power structure, and it's the same thing in the law, that instead of understanding legal rules and nuances and precedents, um, we'll just say, oh, every court decision, every judge's ruling comes down to what the judge had for breakfast that morning. And I think you're seeing the same thing again now. Instead of learning math and history and reading, we'll just run around calling everything racist. And oh my gosh, I've got the hang of it. Look, I can get an A. Teacher, teacher, I don't think you noticed this passage in, in Huckleberry Finn is racist or, or this from, from Othello. Um, do I get, a, do I get an, um, an extra gold star because I found racism that even you have missed? Um, it's just an easy way to get by. Um, but it is so stupid um, just calling everything racist um, that, that it just, adds insult to injury to have these bimbos on TV, and that's mostly where you see it, um, um, the, the journalistic allies of the public school teachers telling us, oh, it's a very complex theory. It's, it's taught very high-level graduate students at mm. law school. <laughs> um, you know, give me a break. You're just going around calling everything racist. And speaking with Ann Coulter, obviously doesn't need any intro. And tell me... Journalism in universities, why do they attract commies like like no other profession? I mean, that's just not that's not unique to America. There, there is something about a university that attracts communists and journalism too. Why? <laughs> well, for one thing, I'm glad you asked me that because um, these institutions start to go bad. Um, people like, you and and me make fun of them, um, and then young young up and coming conservatives think, oh, I don't want to work for the CIA. That's a den of communists. <laughs> I don't want to be a journalist. People like Jesse Kelly and Ann Coulter will laugh at me. Um, and so so I I do always tell the college Republicans when I speak on college campuses, um, you know, forget law school, become a teacher. Um, go work for the CIA, go into journalism, go to Hollywood. We need young conservatives um, to go in and um, I'm not saying take over <laughs> these institutions. That seems not very likely, but at least, you know, provide a dissenting voice so you can have a, a little more sanity. Um, but 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 it's it starts and then the ball just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and you have conservatives avoiding certain certain lines of work. I think journalism is one of those right now. Um, also if you go into specifically conservative journalism, well, you'll probably be banned from every media platform, um, um, internet platform at the direction of the Biden administration. And now this may be the million dollar question, because this is the one I rail on all the time. Tell me why the right lacks a spine. They are a mil- they, they will arrive at the correct position on an issue at the precise moment. It stops being any good when that they get there. That, I mean, we saw it with all that Black Lives Matter nonsense. They all hopped on board federal police report, uh, reform in five and a half seconds. Nobody paying attention to the fact that cops aren't hunting down black men for sport here. Now they're all pro-law enforcement now, now that it's too late and the statues have been torn down. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. And don't forget that um, um, Mitt Romney marched in a Black Lives Matter demonstration. Um, no, they really, they really are pathetic. There are a few, there are a few smart ones. Um, 
But most of them, I suspect, they're they're afraid of the media. They don't want to be called names. Um, they ought to go into another line of work. But it is very strange that the the immediate position of of Republicans is, you know, the left makes an absolutely outrageous, preposterous demand, and the conservative position is to leap up and say, "Oh no, we'll give you eighty percent. Is that okay? <laughs> yep. See, we're nice people. We're so nice." <laughs> Why don't you care? I mean, in all seriousness, if people want, they're crying out for people on the right to have guts. That's a big part of why the Trump phenom happened. It's just people were dying for someone to speak brashly to these people. You've never cared. Clearly, our politicians do. Why? What's the difference? Um, that's that's a good question. Um. I suppose on a larger, a larger point, I've been I've been mulling recently that I do think answers your question, and I'm not entirely changing the subject. Um, and that is, you know, it's easy for well, especially me, um, being being a female to be mad at my at my fellow um, gyno Americans um, for falling for so much left wing glop. Um, but now I'm starting to blame. White man, I'm signing on. I'm signing on with the left on this. No, white men have got to stop being so emasculated and and put their feet down, um, and and make their wives vote the right way, um, and not just go along with feminism to to get along. Oh yes, honey. Yes, honey. Um, and I I think we really need yeah. men to to step up and Ugh. and start being men. They've been so emasculated by the media and the feminist movement and and blamed for everything under the sun. But it's it's not true. And for a healthy society, um, I think we do need men to start putting these these chubby leftist women in their place. See, this is why we get along. And and Coulter, everybody, and thank you so much. Good to talk to you, Jesse Kelly. She's not wrong. I've always said, how many times have I told you, don't blame the feminists? Now, you, now, look, we can laugh at the feminists and mock the feminists. We have to. We have a moral obligation to do so. It's the men who stepped aside for them. It's time we step up once again. Now, pulling out somebody's teeth? You're going to want to hang on for this one. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, that's such a beautiful song. Thank you for that, Chris. That reminds me, we have emails. This one, Dear El Sombrero Cheeto Choking Jesse, because it, it, it is me, Sombrero Jesse of the Jesse Kelly Show. Writing just to say thank you very much for the gift that is the Frito Bandito song. I can't stop singing it. When I sing it out loud, my kids join in and I can hear my wife's sigh of frustration from across the house. <laughs> my parents watched the kids for a week and sang the Frito Bandito song until my mom called me. <laughs> Look, understand something. I know you're going to find this shocking, but we get in trouble from time to time on this show by doing things you're not allowed to do in radio. One time... And I'm never allowed to do this again. I'm sorry. But one time, there was a nine-minute segment, I think it was. We played Freebird for the whole segment and nothing else. 
We played the entire song of Freebird for the segment. I did it on a dare. Like we've just done stuff like that. The chances we're going to get a cease and desist from Fritos at some point for playing this song, which most definitely would not fly today, they're really, really high. So whenever you stop hearing the Frito Bandito song, just know the lawyers got involved. Chris, until that time, play it again for me, please. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandito. Hey, I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Oh, that's I, such a great I, song. That's I, such a crime we can't put out good television like that anymore. Email. Like yourself, I tend to be a good tipper, but I ran across a situation in a restaurant recently that got me thinking about where lines are drawn. My server was excellent, but got into a conversation with coworkers, which I overheard. The server revealed to be a communist in ideology. Is it wrong to withhold tip money in order to not fund any needs slash wants slash desires of leaning individuals, even if service was four star? He finishes out with Semper Fi. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, I will say, who's the one who tells you to pack up and balkanize? Part of the reason I want you to pack up your family move to a place where they share your values and then make it redder. Make sure you go run for school board and run for state house and run for state Senate and just absolutely fortify the place. But part of the reason I want you to do that is exactly what you just talked about. It is better when you live in an area where the majority of the people share your values, then you don't run into as many communist waitresses and not very many servers. I know are communists anyway. Now, a couple young ones, maybe. You could know, get the young, ditzy girl at 18. She gets the waitress job because she's pretty hot and she's going to get tips. She might be. If you've been a, a server for any period of time, you understand that you should. there shouldn't be a collective for anything. Those people work their butts off. Dear Shogun, I've been selling to pay my bills my entire adult life. He's talking about RVs. That dog RV story was the most painful story you've ever told. When did I tell that RV story? Was that Friday, Chris? I think it was last Thursday or Friday, if you missed it. All the podcasts are available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. I told a story about selling RVs where an RV sale went bad for me through no fault of my own. And the, the emails, the number of emails I have from salesmen, oof. They feel my pain. They feel my pain. That's called a bad beat right there. Steel. I love when people use the appropriate nicknames, Chris. You've been talking about the importance of primary elections, and I couldn't agree more. I'm in Kansas, pretty red, not near red enough for me. We had a decent rep a few years back, so on and so forth. Either way, what is your position on continuing to support soft, big spending, go along to get along Republicans after they win and become entrenched? Is it better to hand off the seat to a commie and hope to get it back two or six years or keep the fake Republican until he decides to retire? <sighs> this is going to be a situational thing. Everything is situational. The problem we have right now, the problem you and I have right now is this. We get frustrated with the Republicans because they're spineless losers. And the problem is actually a bit further south, in my opinion. However, yes, Republicans are spineless losers. 
They don't really stand for anything until it's too late to do any good. Like All that stuff is true. However, we don't have an option to choose this modern Democratic Party. We don't have an option. Look, if we still had JFK, if we still had Bill Clinton, you could say, all right, it's it's an option. I mean, we don't want to smoke any of his cigars, but it's an option. He's gone. What, what these people are now is something, I've tried to get this through to people. What you're dealing with now, it's not your dad's Democrats because he was in the Steelworkers Union. and that is, a, that is light years away from where we are now. What we have now is something that cannot be allowed any more power than it already has. A lot, lots of times, because primaries are important, but if you can't get them out in the primary, lots of times, you're better off leaving them in there and doing the best you can do to increase the size of the caucus of the freedom lovers. Remember, everything's a caucus measuring contest in Congress. Everything is. If there's one guy who goes to Congress who believes what you and I believe, that doesn't do us any good. Nothing. He's just going to get steamrolled. But if we send 15 guys, 20 guys, 30, 40 guys, now you have a significant caucus. Now that's a caucus that can swing its weight around. That's a caucus that can, I mean, let's be honest. That caucus can change the country. All right, I think we need to stop there. We're going to go back to what they believe. They're constantly telling you right now what they believe, constantly. So I am going to address this teeth-pulling thing. I realize I didn't get to that yet. And then we're going to get to what they believe and why they believe it. Hang on. is very simple. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. Well, now you have a good understanding why Joe Biden wants to extend preschool and why they want the border wide open, because the new demographics he's talking about, they're right there. It is the Jesse Kelly Show with me, Jesse the Shogun. What, Chris? Jesse the Shogun Kelly? Jesse the Oracle Kelly, Sombrero Jesse, Jay Steele. What? There's a lot. I'm sorry. I have to go through all the nicknames. There's a lot of them. I have to make sure everybody is up to date here on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. Understand that what they're talking about, though. The demographics of this country have changed. What's changed? Young voters are full-out communists now. Why are young voters full-out communists now? Let's not act like the next generation magically got stupid. They're learning about it in school. They're learning about it in every part of their culture. Their music is about it. Their movies are about it. Their TV shows are about it. They learn about it in school. The entire Democratic Party, half the Republican Party talk about it. To be a young person today means you have to try to remain sane in an insane world. And we parents, myself and very much included, have not done a good enough job preparing them for that. I do what I can. My boys are 10 and 12. I try not to be overly political with them at all, but they listen to the show half the time. I mean, they, it's not like they don't know what I think. 
But the truth is, you think it's bad now. What's it look like in 10 years? Already right now, we're being told, uh, men can change their gender. Wait, what? No, they can't. Shut up, bigot. Wait, what? Left is now right. Up is now down. Wrong is now right. Nothing makes sense anymore. And these young people, unless we do a better job equipping them and maybe getting them out of government schools, then Dick Durbin is right. The demographics, they don't lie. It gets worse from here. And look, we've believed a lie for a long time. We believed a lie for a long time. That old lie, you've probably said it. I know I'm certainly guilty of saying it. What is it? <laughs> look, all young people are communists. They'll stop being communists the second they get that first paycheck and see those taxes come out. That hasn't happened. They left college as communists. They went into these major corporations as communists. Now they're running the major corporations as communists. They left college as communists. They went into politics as communists, interning for this guy, then state house here. Now they're United States senators as communists. They haven't woken up and seen the roses because of taxes. That's a lie we told ourselves. And another lie we tell ourselves in this country, and it's a disgraceful one, and one we have to stop, young people don't have to be communists. They learn it. Maybe they should learn something else. Maybe they should be learning about values and freedom, culture. Maybe we should go back to the days where students... Learn Shakespeare and boxing. You know, they used to box in public school. Can you imagine trying to get that done today? American students, American boys used to box in public school. Now that is an education. That is a healthy education. All right, I have to get to this real quick. Yes, I'm going to get back to Joe Biden and this CNN nutball saying the quiet part out loud, but I have to get to this. Nevada woman breaks into dentist's office, pulls 13 teeth from a patient. Okay. I was a little confused when I read the headlines. I still can't make sense of it. So allow, dig into, walk through this with me here. A Nevada woman broke into a dentist's office, stole money, and pulled 13 teeth from an unconscious patient on two separate occasions. E- Ike is her name. Laurel Egg Ike allegedly stole $22,861 in cash and checks during the May 3rd break-in. Meanwhile, the tooth extraction occurred on a different date than the break-in, Ike told detectives. She also admitted to using anesthetic disposed of by the office, police said. Okay. You know why they call me the Oracle? Well, it's because I gave myself the nickname, of course. People say, oh, Jesse, you can't give yourself nicknames. That's arrogant. Who knows me better than me? I'm the best person in the world to give myself a nickname. What, Chris? Anyway, I have a prediction to make. And Chris, put some kind of uh, uh, internet search alert thingy in your phone. I've seen you kids do this, so we know if something else pops up at this story. Something fishy is going on here. One, first thing that jumps out at me. $22,861 in cash and checks at a dentist's office? Why does a dentist's office have $22,000 in cash and checks? Why would a dentist's office 
have any more than $500 in cash, maybe 1000 total? Why does a dentist's office have $22,000 in cash and checks? Chris, what? what? Chris said, you know what? That's a dirty, that's a dirty thing to say, Chris. Chris said maybe he specializes in braces. He thinks he's really funny over there, little snot, because I had to pay $4,000 to get braces for my son. And basically we're living in a cardboard box now, but his teeth are straight. Anyway, why does the dentist's office have $22,000 in checks? That's one. Two. Same person broke in twice. So you expect me to believe this. On one occasion, she broke in and stole $22,000, and then there was apparently no increase in security, and somebody wandered in off the street, walked up to an unconscious patient, and ripped out 13 of their their teeth? No. I'm calling it right now, no. This was on foxnews.com. I'm not doubting Fox News. Chris, put this lady's weirdo name in your little search thing. Mark my words right now. Mark the words of the oracle. I don't know what it is, but something here doesn't add up. If you found out somebody stole $200 from you, you would up security. They had $22,000 stolen, one that they shouldn't have had anyway, and two, and didn't do anything. Maybe didn't get some cameras put up. Maybe an alarm system on the door. Oh, well, 22 grand gone. Hey, why is that lady walking in with pliers? That didn't occur to anybody else? I'm calling garbage. I'm calling garbage. Oh, a couple house cleaning items before I move on to this nutball CNN person. Tomorrow is July 20th. Tomorrow is my birthday. I'm turning 40. I want you to understand. Hear me out here. The last thing in the world I want, the last thing I would ever do because I'm a grown man, is try to draw any attention to my birthday. How childish is that? So just because my birthday is tomorrow, July 20th, just because I'm turning 40, that doesn't mean I want any happy birthdays or well wishes sent to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse or jessekellyshow.com. I'm not a child, okay? Oh, and in case you're wondering, yes, I actually am. In all seriousness, I'm coming to work. I had a buddy today. Uh, we, were, he was, we were texting back and forth. It was actually about my birthday, what we're going to do tomorrow night. And he said, what do you mean when you get home from work? Because I said, well, I have to do something. We get home from work. I said, well, he said, what do you mean when you get home from work? It's your birthday. And I just, I, I was just dumbfounded. I was trying to figure out if he was kidding. Fellas, you're not 13. You go to work on your birthday. You go to work on your birthday. Maybe that's because we weren't that big on holidays, really, per se, in our house. I had my dad call me one time. He forgot about my birthday. He called me one time three days after my birthday and asked what I wanted for my birthday. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's a different, different kind of, different kind of uh, a life. So maybe that's it. You go to work on your birthday. Oh, and I didn't tell you this. I can't give out his name. Speaking of birthdays and, and a guest, you're not going to believe this. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We'll get to the CNN thing here in a second. One last thing on the birthdays. Because, again, I just want to clarify. Mine's tomorrow. I'm not going to draw attention to it. I'm not going to bring it up. There is no need to send happy birthday to Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. There's just no need for that. There's no need for it. I won't do it. It's immature. And we do have phones now. People keep asking, can I call the show? Can I call the show? I want to call the show. Look, the answer is we do have phones now. I could give you the phone number right now and let you call the show. I'm not going to. I don't think you're ready for it. I brought this up at the beginning. I'll bring it up again. If I give out the phone number right now, this is what I'm going to get. Bad radio. It might be fun for the it might be fun for the caller. Everyone else in America has to sit and listen to this. Hi Jesse. Uh, hi Bob. How are you today? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Okay, we've already burned 10 15 seconds of everyone's time doing this standard. I will open up the phones maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week. Maybe never. I will open up the phones the second I believe the callers will be as rude as I am. No, hi, Jesse. No, I love you. No, I love the phone. No, no, I love the show. No, this. No, that. Get on the horn and say, Jesse, I think these commie scumbags are gross. This is what I think we should do. I'm taking the answer off the air. Beep. That's a phone call. And until I can be assured that you're as rude as me, as sociopathic as I am, I can't open it up. I'm holding the phone number in my hand right now. I'm staring at it. It's on this piece of paper. Guess what? I'm not giving it to you. I'm not giving it to you. What? I won't do it, Chris. I won't do it. One last thing on the birthday thing. Because mine's tomorrow, but I'm not going to bring it up. I had a radio guest. I didn't get his permission, so I won't name him right now. I had a radio guest on one time, and he canceled on me the day before. So it's no big deal. I just, I just, I, I just ditched him and went guestless that show anyway. I asked him why. I was like, everything okay? He said, yeah, I, 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 it's my birthday. And I said, are you turning 12? And he texts me back. He says, what? I said, you're a 40-some-year-old man. You can't come do a 10-minute radio interview on your birthday? And he was floored I wanted him to. I don't, maybe I was, Chris, am I the jerk? Was I, am I the jerk? Was I just raised differently? I mean, well, I mean, clearly I was raised differently. I don't know. Chris, I want you to play this guy. On CNN. You know how quiet Democrats have been about Cuba? And who, who's who been the one telling you? Democrats are quiet about Cuba because they agree with the Castro regime, even though it's not Castro anymore. All his little underlings are in charge. They believe in communism. Who's been the one telling you that? Oh, yeah, that's been me. Here's someone on CNN. The progressive wing of, of the Democratic Party does not want to go hard uh, against Cuba, against um, some of the things that uh, the Castro regime may have been a part of, in part because there are some Democrats, there are some progressives who, who uh, agree with some of those things. They agree with universal health care. They agree with some of the programs that were in place in a more socialist kind of uh, society. Of course they do. Of course they do. And, and wrap your mind around that. Wrap your mind around how inhumane. I always say communism, it's a lot of things. More than anything else, it's anti-human. It's anti-human. Imagine, imagine the way these people think, because these are the people in charge of you now. Remember, these are the people who run all your cultural institutions. 
Imagine thinking like this. Imagine looking at the news and you see all these people flooding the streets of Cuba. And some of these videos, the few we're getting out, they're crazy. Oh, and I got my, uh, it's a long story. I got a haircut on Saturday and my haircut girl is Cuban and a lot of her family's in Cuba. And occasionally they'll get little pop-ups of the internet there. And she's been swapping messages uh, on Facebook, actually, of all places, swapping messages with her family there. And these things are huge. These are not 100-person rallies. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are out there. But imagine, back to my story, imagine looking at that. You look at these people in Cuba. They're starving. They don't have medicine. They don't have food. They've been suffering under communism for all these years. And you look at them and think to, think to yourself, that's the bad guy. Those are the bad people. The ones in charge, they're the ones who are doing the right thing. You, you probably can't, you can't get your mind there. You can't get your mind there. You don't have to get your mind there. You probably shouldn't be able to, but you dang sure have to remember this. You dang sure have to remember this. Your American politicians... All the people who run the modern Democratic Party, they look at Cuba right now, and they're rooting for the other team. The progressive wing of, of the Democratic Party does not want to go hard uh, against Cuba, against um, some of the things that uh, the Castro regime may have been a part of, in part because there are some Democrats, there are some progressives who, who uh, agree with some of those things. They agree with universal health care. They agree with some of the programs that were in place in a more socialist kind of uh, society. Imagine looking at Cuba's healthcare system and saying, man, I wish we had that here. That's real, real, real American politicians, real people who run our country. That's how they think. So we were talking earlier in the show about that little dust up in Florida. There was a big conservative conference, Turning Point USA at a big conference in Florida. It was huge. They're a big, wealthy, powerful group, made a whole bunch of money and a adult film star showed up and Turning Point kicked him out. Turning Point is, uh, they, I guess, run by Christians, views itself as kind of a conservative Christian college organization. And the big dust up on our side was, should they have kicked her out? Shouldn't they have kicked her out? Do we want people in that profession in the right? And so on and so forth. And all I said was this. One, it's perfectly acceptable if she showed up using her stage name, which she did, and posts a bunch of pictures of herself with people who are there on social media. It's perfectly acceptable for them to kick her out because it goes against the values of the conference. You know, I don't show up at a mosque selling bacon. It doesn't, it goes against the, it's not appropriate. It goes against the values of the conference. So that's totally fine. I also said this. We aren't going to take the country back unless we take the culture back. Our fight is not a fight about taxes. I want, ta- I want low taxes, too. It's not a fight about taxes. But two things you have to remember. One, you're probably a good person. I am certainly not. I don't pretend to be. Therefore, I don't look down on other people. My laundry list of sins is longer than yours and longer than hers. That's one. Two, the fight we are in now. And it is a fight currently we are losing. I'm not saying we've lost it, but it's a fight we're losing and losing badly. The fight we're in now, the consequences of losing it all the way, well, just look at Cuba. You don't have to look hard. Look at Cuba. 
The consequences of losing this battle looks like you and me starving to death. Am I supposed to be in the business right now of telling people who show up to join my army they're not welcome? Now, they don't have to lead it. They don't have to guide it. But isn't it kind of all hands on deck territory here? I mean, I guess probably all hands on deck was probably a bad term to use in this particular case. If I had to do it over again, I would probably... You know what? We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Credentials. Expertise. You hear these words a lot now, right? Credentials and expertise. Let's talk about credentials and expertise. What does it mean? Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we're going to talk about expertise and science and credentials here. Just briefly, I just wanted to bring this up to you because I want you to realize something. It's something we don't talk about enough because it forces us to dig into things we don't like to dig into. You see, here's a fact. Even tiny, tiny government people like me who want to basically torch every federal building once the employees have been let out of it, raise all the buildings to the ground and make sure these organizations never rise again. Even tiny government people like me, they want to feel like somebody smart is in charge. You always do. It's human nature. You don't have to feel bad about that. You, you want to feel like your boss knows what he's doing. And you know what? He's got the best interest of the company at heart. Eh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe your boss is an idiot. You want to feel like the people making huge national security decisions on behalf of your country. I mean, yeah, they may be Democrats and you don't agree with them, but they, they know some stuff I don't know. They have like a, a, a brief briefing rooms and, and re- reports and stuff, right? They have reports, a lot of reports. No, they're all idiots, and they don't know anything more than you and I. That hurts to hear. You don't want to hear it. It's true. You want to believe. You want to believe. Every time you walk in your doctor's office, you want to believe you're sitting across from somebody who went to college for approximately 97 years, and he's in possession of expertise and medical knowledge that is simply beyond you. You could never achieve that. He, of course, only has your best interests at heart, and he knows so much more than you do. Your doctor's probably a moron. I've known a lot of doctors. Doctors are just like, and I mean just like, generals and teachers. The title itself automatically creates a level of respect in people. That respect is very rarely earned because most doctors and teachers and generals are incredibly mediocre, to put it mildly, but one good one will change your life. I I still remember my two or three good teachers I had changed my life. Most of them sucked, though. They were idiots and didn't want to be there. I can tell. I'm I'm not dumb. I can tell. What's happening now is going to... It's going to change the way we look at things in the future. I'm looking at two headlines here. No diploma for California students not versed in ethnic studies. And the next one is nurse could lose professional license if her gender critical views are deemed unsatisfactory. 
Now, those are just a couple random headlines. I'm not digging into the story because it doesn't matter for my purpose right now. Here's going to be the problem you and I face in the future, and let's be frank, it's a problem you and I face right now. When you seek out expertise, you seek out people who have what? Credentials of some kind, right? That's what you want. I want to see a doctor next to his name. I got a master's degree. I went to Yale. I went to, you want to see? I want to see credentials. Give me credentials. Who's doing the credentialing, though? If Helen Keller's driving the, if Helen Keller's running the driving school, does it matter that that's where you're credentialed from? You see what I mean? What we're going to be facing now, because there's such a cultural Marxist infection in the education system, what we're going to be facing in the future, way worse than we are now, and it's really bad right now, what we're going to be facing in the future, a bunch of people who've been credentialed by communists, and that's all we're going to be facing. They're not experts. They don't know anything. Oh, they checked all the right boxes. Well, let's see. Does this white person hate themselves enough? Okay, that sounds good. Do they, do they believe there are 57 genders? Okay, that's good. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Did they, did they sign the America Sucks Pledge? Wait, look, we can't make him a doctor unless he signs the America Sucks Pledge. Okay, he, he signed the America Sucks Pledge. All right. Um, he's just going to do what the pharmaceutical companies say, right? I mean, he's not going to. He's not going to use his own judgment. He's going to just make sure, keep the pharmaceuticals. He's all good to go on all that. Okay, well, then he's a doctor. Obviously, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'm not that wrong. Who's doing the credentialing? Now, let's move on from that using no transitions at all because I don't plan out the show and random things pop into my mind. Email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can email me whatever you want, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, your birthday wishes for tomorrow, even though I'm not going to bring it up. All that goes to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read them on the show. Mr. Kelly, your show has recently been broadcasting on 760 KFMBA San Diego. I, for one, am greatly impressed with your shell. I've been listening for a few few weeks, and you provided a recap of your interview on the Tucker Carlson show. I'm thoroughly and utterly impressed with the truth and candor with which you speak. You are representing the thoughts and concerns of millions of Americans. Well, I mean, I'm the Shogun. I am the Shogun. Another thing I need to bring up. Corporations, actors, actresses, radio people like me, TV people. Also, like me, not to brag, but I have a TV show on the first TV every night at 9 o'clock, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern. They make a huge, huge mistake today. A lot of it is they're communists, but another part of it is they make a mistake when it comes to dealing with left-wing activist groups. And here's what it is. And I'm seeing somebody I know personally go through this right now, and I just want to strangle them. I'm texting them right now and telling them to shut up. We don't live... In a normal age. We don't live in an age like we've always had before. What do I mean by that? Let's say, not that this would ever happen. Let's say you went to Red Lobster and had a bad meal. It's never happened to me, so I doubt it's happened to you. But let's say it happened to you in 1980. What would you do? What could you do? Besides going back to Red Lobster, you wanted to complain to the company. 
Besides going back to the store, what would you do? Nothing. Could you even could you even find a phone number? Remember the old huge thick yellow pages phone books? Do you think the corporate numbers in there? I don't know, maybe you go down to the public records office and look for some corporation address. You see what I'm saying? It you there used to be so much separation between uh people, people of any fame or or companies that it was virtually impossible to get a hold of them. How many people did John, how much fan mail did John Wayne have to sort through? Like none. You didn't know how to get a hold of John Wayne. Is there an actor or actress or radio pundit or TV pundit or anybody you can't talk to today? Is there a corporation you can't talk to today? So what's happening today is we live in something that I call the nuclear news cycle. I named it myself. Patent pending, don't want to brag. But it's the nuclear news cycle. And here's what I mean by that. If you get yourself in trouble, you say something dumb, do something dumb, or if the trouble's even made up, just shut up. Just shut up. You don't have to respond to 50,000 Twitter trolls. You don't have to respond to your emails or your text messages or anything else. It's going to burn like a nuclear bomb for about 24, 48 hours because now we live in an age where everyone can get a hold of you. That's the bad news. For about 24, 48 hours, you're going to be getting texts from your mother. Did you see what they're saying about you on Facebook? Everybody in your life is going to be melting your phone down. You're going to feel like the entire world is on top of you. Everybody. Everyone. However, there's a benefit to it. There's a huge, huge benefit to it. It's gone really, really quickly. It's gone really, really quickly. Just shut up and let it go. Just let it go. Don't say anything. You don't have to never apologize. That's for one. For two, they're going to get distracted in 24 to 48 hours by a new thing. Shut up. Let it go. It's the nuclear news cycle. It's going to burn hotter than ever before and then be gone right away. And I realize this, maybe this is a bad analogy because I realized there was a lot of radiation left over that killed people. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Let's move on and talk about something else. Inflation. It's really bad. The debt is really bad. $28 trillion in debt, and it does look like they're about to pass these $4 trillion in bills. Please tell me you've listened to me and you have Oxford Gold Group. Please tell me you have real gold and silver in your hand, not paper. Not a piece of paper saying you own some stocks. I mean precious metals you can hold in your hand. Oxford Gold Group has the reputation they have because they've been doing this for a long time. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Again, this is not a piece of paper. Oh, I guess I own something somewhere. This is real gold and silver. You know what's held its wealth for, oh, I don't know, forever? Precious metals. Call Oxford Gold Group today. 833-995-GOLD for gold. You can hold. Jesse Kelly returns next. The 
same that reason way. she cackles like a dead hyena every time she's asked an uncomfortable question. It's the same reason she started out her political career as Willie Brown's bratwurst bun. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I'm teaching you about the nuclear news cycle today. We are not in 1980. We're not even in 1990. We're not in the year 2000. Today, if I get angry at a person, a company, anything, I not only can reach out and touch them uh, through social media, you know, emails, adding them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I, I can get a bunch of people to do the same. I don't even know how many, Chris, how many followers do I have on Twitter? It's a lot. It's a lot. If I wanted to blast, this is why I don't publicly blast companies on Twitter. I think it's un, unless they go communist, and then I do. How many, Chris? I have two hundred and sixty-seven thousand followers on Twitter. Unless someone goes full communist, why would I blast a company? Oh, so and so airline. I can't believe my flight's late. Because if I do that, how many tens of thousands of people can I get? raging on them on my behalf. Soon, whoever's in charge of that company, they feel like the whole world's coming down on them. Oh my goodness, we got we got 20,000 uh, messages on Twitter about Jesse Kelly's flight. We better fix this. No, you don't. Ignore me. Turn off your Twitter account for a day. They'll get tired of it, and they'll move on. We live in the nuclear news cycle. And you know what always gets these people... It always gets these people. What gets you is not really necessarily the lefties. We played that Tucker Carlson clip because the lefties have, are still raging about it. They're still writing articles about it all over the place. They're so mad I brought up what you're not supposed to talk about on national radio. And they were trying to get me fired. They were calling iHeart. It was the best. I didn't get in any trouble, by the way. Nothing. But what makes it hard is not necessarily the lefties, although that's too much for, for a lot of people. What makes it hard It's your friends and family. I brought up mom earlier. You get a text from mom. Oh, I just got so-and-so just said something that you did something really bad. Is that true? You get home from work, your kids. Hey, dad, uh, uh, my my friends at school were, were saying that you're a Nazi. Is that true? What gets you during the nuclear news cycle? It isn't just the outside forces. It's the people closest to you. Uh, back when I was running for office, you know, I ran for Congress a couple times. I always told my staff that it was never the commies. They were spitting at me and yelling at me. They hated me, as you can imagine. It was, it was never the commies who bothered me. It was the people who were supposed to be on my side, standing tough on my side, who broke down at the slightest sign of trouble every time. That's what got me. All right. It's time for headlines we didn't get to. U.S. accuses China of massive Microsoft hack on 250,000 servers worldwide. 250,000 servers. What did your president have to say about that today? Here. Effectively, your administration is naming and shaming China, but no sanctions. Why? And is that effective enough? They're still determining exactly what happened. The investigation is not finished. To the best of my knowledge, and I'm getting a report tomorrow morning on this, a detailed report, my understanding is that the Chinese government, not unlike the Russian government, is not doing this themselves, but are protecting those who are doing it. 
and maybe even accommodating and being able to do it. Okay, one, let's stop with this maybe nonsense. If you're a Russian hacker, you're not hacking America unless Vladimir Putin says so. Otherwise, you end up with your head chopped off. And the same thing goes in China. Let's not do these maybe games. They control everything in those countries. One, they're doing it with the sanction of it. Two, this is why you don't want a man president of the United States of America whose son and perhaps him is severely compromised by China. Hunter Biden is still not divested from China. The president's son, at a time when he has to address our national security being attacked by China, his son is still in bed with him. Wrap your mind around that. Headline, New Mexico Democrat says Bishop denied him communion over political office. Good, he should. He should. I'm not one of these people. Well, we need to keep uh, politics out of the church. No, if if you're somebody who, especially one of these people who believes in wholesale slaughter of kids, your pastor should absolutely deny you communion. Screw you. Headline, this is thehill.com. Shocking poll finds many Americans now want to secede from the United States. Why is this shocking? I've been warning you about this for a long time. We don't have anything in common anymore. Of, poor, of course people want to secede. I've used the example, and it's ridiculous, but it's true. America right now is the couple. The dad wants to move to the suburbs with the white picket fence home, raise the kids, go to church on Sunday. The wife, she wants to go tour the world with Metallica and do black tar heroin. There's no common ground there. There's not something you can work out. There's no working out the differences right now between these cultural Marxists who want to destroy the place we live and you and I who want to celebrate and make better the place we live. There's no, there's no bridging that gap. They're trying to burn the house down while we're inside of it. What am I supposed to say? Oh, no, no, not, not the whole house. Just burn the kitchen. No, there's no, there's no common ground. One of us has to move out. That's bottom line. Headline, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez invests over $1.4 million in tax-the-rich-themed political merchandise. She's brilliant. For being such a moron, she's absolutely brilliant. She understands the communist game well. She just doesn't hide it at all. They're all the same. Mal never missed a meal. Of course. Of course she's going to make a ton of money on this stuff. She's going to eat like a king, make a ton of money while she bankrupts the rest of us. That doesn't make her unique. It makes her the exact same as communists have always been. We'll be back tomorrow on my birthday, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, but I'm not going to bring it up. That's all. <laughs>